Welcome back to High Pay, where I interview incredible leaders in the arts from around the world, share their stories, influences, failures, and successes, so that you too could be inspired to follow their lead. Thank you for loving these episodes and for sharing them far and wide, and for your kind words. Make sure to follow us on Instagram under High Pay Voices for more. Today, on episode 10, we have Berto Herrera, a designer and artist from Texas, now based in Germany. He worked in the United States Air Force as an electrical engineer before enrolling at Parsons School of Design in Graphic Design in New York. He's lived in Los Angeles. He's worked as a creative designer for Adidas in Germany and is now a full-time artist. We met through Carrie Scott. You'll remember her as the artist uh, consultant and curator, remember, from season two? Berto is represented by Carrie. Berto's works are largely collage-based, capturing disjointed cityscapes juxtaposed with nature and surveillance themes. There are gentle nods to his graphic design past through the use of letters, fonts and semiotics. Let's welcome Berto. Hi Berto, how are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Thank you for having me. So your collages, how, how did it all begin, Berto? Um, yeah, collage works. I've never really considered. I mean, looking at you know some of some of the greats in graphic design, like Chris um, Ashworth and stuff like that, from like um, old magazines from the nineties. Um, I don't know. I just started to play around with some things, and I think it didn't really come or click until um, having some discussions with a friend um, and looking at what I was referencing, what I was thinking, um, I love for multiple different mediums um, and just kind of bringing those together. I think it's more of an amalgamation of the different work styles that I have and use. Do you think that living in Japan has had a major influence in your work, you know, just traveling back and forth through and from and to major metropolises? I think so. I mean, not consciously, but I guess subconsciously, I think it lives there. Um, a lot of my work in the past few years have also dealt with the idea of jet lag and displacement of time and displacement of a person, right? How does one live mm -hmm. in two different time zones when you're flown from one place to another? Um, which I find a really interesting thing. And I think that kind of lives in my work to some degree. Mm -hmm. um, and also looking at disjointed um, perceptions of what we've made as, as humanity, right? Like we live in these cities and these things and all these things that we have around us. And this has been since the dawn of time, um, you know, with early civilizations and the things that we make and create um, that live upon and in nature or incorporate um, within certain scapes. And I just find that really fascinating how we live with nature, but we also take away from nature. Absolutely. I mean, it's almost quite bleak how we're consistently taking away from nature. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've harped on this. Um, I mean, even talking about my past within meetings, being at the, at the table, um, with like senior management stuff like that at corporations and people asking my perspective on sustainability. And I think the idea of capitalism is always to sustain 
and grow, right? Like not even sustain, just always constant growth. And I think that's an unsustainable way of looking at how products are made, how things are made. Um, and if you're really looking at sustainability is stop making more product. Yeah, I mean, do you think it was an easy transition moving away from and transitioning from the fashion industry into being a full-time artist? Um, yes and no. I was originally here when I first started um, in LA. I was a full-time artist mm -hmm. before I became any kind of designer. And then um, from that, I eventually moved into design and I was doing fashion design specifically. And then I moved into like graphic design and, and art direction and stuff. But um, I don't know, It's it, for me, it's more of a full circle, like not departing, but going, completing a, a chapter or a book and starting a new book. Now we're pointing at mental health. How did you ride that wave of what you had seen in Iraq? Um, I, I think I dealt with it in some ways and other ways, very unhealth, healthy, right? Like, um, especially coming out of that, that kind of atmosphere, um, leaving or getting out of the air force, getting out of military and then going back to being a normal person. And what is, a, what does a civilian mean? And I think going through that process, you know, a lot of vets go through heavy depression and, and, you know, heavy drinking and, do it dealing with it in very unhealthy ways um and i'm part of that you know i think there's no reason to not talk about or shy away from from it because i think we all do things we all wish we could do things the right way but we also um have very unhealthy habits too so um yeah i i, I think when i started to find myself is you know just getting back with what I did and who I was and and a lot of that was expressed myself through art originally um and then trying to find myself um through that and what what do these topics mean what's going through my head and and also finding myself at the at the end of a bottle you know, sometimes so you know yeah no, I do understand. Uh, I I know that psychologists talk about that, how difficult it is to have lived in uh, essentially a time of of war and coming back to civilization, how how detrimental it is to the psyche. There's kind of like a split of you know, no rules to suddenly being in a container, being in a flat, being in an apartment, being in a city where there are rules of how to behave, how to dress, how to speak. There's no lashing out, no barbarism. Yeah, I think more people should talk about it and critique it, you know, especially being a vet, like my critique a lot of it, well, it's not even a critique, it's more of an influence. It's like through these things, they display in my work, um, either consciously or subconsciously. Um, and I think the more people that could critique the military industrial complex, 
um, and see it for what it is, right? It's the perpetuation of um, toxic patriarchy. Exactly. Right? And, and it still exists. And it and the only way we could truly change that is by critiquing it. Um, and also lending, lending a hand. I think um, vets, when they get out, they don't really understand what to do or how to do something or they just get lost, right? And some people have it figured out, some people don't. Um, I'm one of the people that didn't. Um, and I wish there were artists at that time when I got out that were talking about these things, um, that weren't hidden into niche communities, but talked about on a grand scale, more, more in a sense of being popularly accepted. Yeah. You psychologists talk about this, about those aspects of, the archetypes of man and the distorted masculine um and just the just the 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 worst i wouldn't even say animalistic aspect but the man that destroys rather than creates and supports and nurtures i know that you've been working on and i'm not sure if you're continuing to work on this series about home um, yeah, I, I am still continuing that project. Um, it's just more on hiatus because I live here in Germany and traveling to America and stuff. is kind of a pain at times, yeah. but, um, yeah, I, I find, I find that really interesting. Um, in the fact that why I just kind of turned to landscape photography, um, wasn't necessarily by choice. Um, a lot of my work, I find the medium, use the medium um, that best represents kind of the discussion I wish to have. Mm-hmm. And then I, then I um, go out and execute um, and make the artwork. Um, and I find that, especially during that time, because we're talking p- like peak pandemic, everything, the world's burning, everything's going down, everyone's yeah. burnt out. Um, we all have the shared shared trauma, a bunch of different things, um, and the the killing of George Floyd really triggered people globally. In a, in also like seeing racism and bigotry for black and white. I think yes, there is that, um, as well as sexism and multiple different things. But I want to I wanted to personally focus on. The nuance of that it's not necessarily black and white it's you know it could be gray and it's very very subtle and mm-hmm. not thought about and it's in the everyday um so that's what i was thinking about is why why is this this and why is this that and then um i started to have pick up discussions with uh, the american forest um, department which is i think the largest um government organization or one of the first government organizations in the U.S. Um, Mm -hmm. And they start to really have a lot of, or they start to gather a lot of information about the wealth uh, canopy disparity between urban um, communities. Um, And they start to build apps and different things where you can see this this disparity. And also with that, you can see um, the wealth disparity because in wealthier neighborhoods, you can see there was 
um, more trees and stuff like that, which right. brings uh, a sense of community and belonging and also cool, right? Like at the end of the day, especially with the global warming happening and everything else that, you know, cities are heating up. And if you don't have things to cool these, these places down, then it's going to start to displace people even further. Um, so with that, we started to work together and I started to photograph their, um, heritage trees, uh, uh, which was really cool. But also even then, um, because it's a huge database of like these heritage trees mm -hmm. that um, people don't have access to, I ended up having access to because we are working together and um, going to take photographs of these trees, I started to notice that there are two things. One, they're either in the middle of the forest somewhere um, way off trail um, so natural forests, so who has access to natural forests is predominantly um, middle class upwards that can actually transport to those. You have to have transportation, all these things. And then secondly, um, these trees were also in predominantly affluent neighborhoods, very wealthy people um, having these heritage trees in their yards, backyards, multi-billion dollar homes and stuff like that. So just from that, you can start to see this huge wealth disparity between the two. I didn't find one um, that was not in, um, you know, lower income neighborhoods or what have you. Um, they're all in well-to-do neighborhoods. They were all the national parks, um, which I find really interesting, um, just sort of how that's happened um, through what's happened with like redlining and other things. And a tree is for all. If we're going back to native american indigenous first nations philosophy where we don't own nature we don't own our planet we don't own our earth it's for all so that's really in the in the kind of philosophy and idea of true america really the americas to the root a lot of the issues that we have throughout this world are uh, obviously there is race and there is sexism and multiple different things, but I think a lot of it is class issues. Mm -hmm. You know, and once that tree has been seeded and is rooted, it, it can't move. It's there, you know, it's there for 300, 400 years for however long. And I guess, you know, this redlining idea is again, another example of what, we can afford and what you can't afford as a status symbol. How important are words in your work? You've got words like, um, I'm not in a disjointed fashion in your collages. You've got um, crap from the past. You've got words like read and even numbers in your works. Um, performative cis white male, BLM, confidence, contribution, creativity. Um, words play a really important part. I think it's, it's but, but like even going back to art history, right? Like things were drawn on caves as a as a way of communication right like a, as a way of language and you know, throughout history we've adapted that to different like symbols um and i think 
language in and of itself and words are super, super important. It's some of the first levels of communication and some of the first levels of art. Um, so for me, language is super important and, and dates and everything else. Um, dates could signify, you know, a time and a place of the destruction of a civilization or a time and a place for a movement that started that um, shaped civilization. Um, a lot of the quotes that I have and a lot of the things that I use is um, either from, you know, things I've read, things I found, or um, movies, because um, mm -hmm. a lot of my inspiration does come from um, movies and stuff like that. But yeah, words are super important. Um, and especially when you're talking about BLM and, and that kind of stuff, it's not necessarily the words, it's in what context they're used. Um, so what you're referencing is like the haiku pieces that I did, which is a direct reflection of kind of what was happening in the world in the pandemic and living through that and then being in these meetings, these corporate meetings and hearing all the jargon and buzzwords that people are using. And then what does that mean when you start to strip away um, the context that was used in and start to reevaluate those buzzwords into nonsensical sentences or phrases and start to get these abstract abstractions of haikus, um, which I found super fascinating because they made all the sense and they made no, no sense at all. Yeah, it's amazing how you you sort of hint at that in terms of like the image and semiotics and semiology and sort of semantics and like how how we can lose meaning so quickly and it can also become vapid as well, especially in fashion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially if you if you look at that and look at what I was going through is yeah if you look if you're talking about BLM and all this stuff is within the within a corporate context is how do you monopolize off of that how do you make revenue off that how do you quote unquote you know position yourself to look good for optics yet monetize off of it and I find that super fascinating that even corporations and how abstract how quickly and how um, the terms got abstracted and what do they even mean now? Exactly. Is it just a passing trend or is it something that actually has value and meaning, you know? Yeah. So, you know, how you, how you use Instagram is, um, is really interesting. It's like a website. Um, I mean, it is a website in a way nowadays, but there are some artists that use it um, let's say more efficiently and productively and I feel like you're one of those artists that really use it in a way as a platform to showcase your um, completed artworks not just a process in the making sort of like a like a journal tell us about how you do that yeah um, I played around with some of some of that um, showing the process and I personally don't like seeing how the sausage is made, is made in general. You know, I like to see the abstraction of the thing and then come to the what it means within to myself, within mm -hmm. context of civilization to this artist. Um, so I like seeing, personally, I like seeing the finished work and then coming to my own terms of what is it. Um, and I, and I, 
kind of that's what I do is put my work out there and let people come to their own terms. And I don't necessarily care about engagement and how many likes this and others not about that for me. Um, it's more about showing this point of view and then letting people figure out what that point of view even means. Well, who who are the collectors that really vibe with your work? Tell us about what kind of collector is really interested in your work. What kind of like person is interested in purchasing your work? Um, it's typically people that are um, dig <laughs> that are the because I don't give a lot, um, mm -hmm. and I'm relatively private. Um, I don't post too much personal stuff in general. Um, and that's intentionally, um, but people that dig, I'd say in that question, um, typically like my work because the aesthetics are the aesthetics. Like I could, I could lure you in and I know Carrie says that a lot. I could lure you in with aesthetics. Um, but it's not just that, you know, it's questioning and what does this mean? Why did you place this here? Who's this person? Why is that there? Um, and then with those questions, you know, either they come to their own conclusion or I have the answers, or I also don't like giving away the answers. I'm more, um, I like people to come to their own interpretation of it. Um, and I find that those collectors are the ones that like the work um, or vibe with it typically. <laughs> yeah. And they then once it. they figure out, they're like, oh, these are things that I've been thinking about. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. you know absolutely and what are you working on right now have you got any shows coming up or have you got a new series of works that you're making working on um i'm i haven't really i've just gotten back back and just kind of getting into things um i have some things that i'm working on that'll probably deal kind of with the natural world spiritual world and and hopefully that i could photograph that in april mm -hmm. um it'll probably be in japan um mm -hmm. that'll be really cool um mm -hmm. that'll be something a little bit different but still within the context of of my work um and i'm super excited about it i'm really excited hopefully hopefully i can make that come to fruition um because i'll be working with a, a researcher um that that's been studying feminism in japan for the past 50 years so that'll be super interesting i'm super geeked on it um yeah. and then some of my other works um that i have going will probably be more or less paintings um that i've been doing last over over last year but i really want to dive further into it and get those going even further um so yeah i i pick and choose a bunch of different mediums i don't believe i should you know or anyone for that matter right like should just pick one medium and that's that's the thing i think having a healthy understanding and um aware of work that isn't just one thing i think is also a reflection of society right now right like within the attention span of you know a few seconds like the tiktok era like yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> medium in and of itself i don't think really really matters i think it's more about the concept the idea and finding the medium that fits that concept and idea so yeah like i have some paintings i have some photography stuff coming um i'll probably work on some 
um, we'll see maybe some installation pieces. I've been looking at like surveillance pieces and stuff like that. Um, so yeah. Excellent. I mean, I'm really looking forward to hearing more about the spiritualism aspect, as you know, obviously, you know that I'm a spiritualist. So, um, yeah. and I have like, I've had a huge um, like desire to, to go to Japan. It hasn't been the right time for some reason or whatever, but I'm like obsessed with samurais and Shintoism. So, <laughs> you know, um, I've got to go. I've got to go to the countryside in Japan um, and I'll hit you up about that. Um, yeah. But I also would I look forward to seeing what you produce as well in terms of your like digital and paperworks, you know, again, this juxtaposition of media that you use. Um, and I'd love to see you with film, like more film sort of cinematic stuff as well. I can see you doing more of that and like experiment, experimenting with that. Um, but um, I, this is the part that I love the most in, in, in the episodes is asking, asking my guests, really difficult questions like who are your three inspirational people oh wow um it's kind of hard <laughs> i mean i have lists upon lists upon lists of in in books um by reference but i'll i'll go back to kind of you know things that really inspired me and i think inspired kind of some of my some of my works um, uh, Robert Rauschenberg, um, his works, his collage works, you can definitely see a lot of similarities, um, and inspiration. And, and that's been with me since, you know, I was a kid and finding out about that artist. Um, Chris Ashworth, which, which I talked about earlier, um, he did, uh, Ray Gun Magazine back in the nineties, um, in a lot of his like graphic work and collage work um ooh, another person let's see i would say um cinematic i'll go cinematic i'd say um uh sophia it'll be a it'll be a toss-up between sophia coppola um and and her canon of work and then um uh rinko kawashi um her work as a photographer is beautiful um the directors of her were inspired by by her work um on how they could shoot things everyday things in a very beautiful way and have that hum humanity in them um so i i'd say it's a bunch of different people i don't necessarily only look at painters or only look at photographers i i'm very much inspired by you know poets and writers and authors and film directors and i think from what I see and take in, I think my work shows that amalgamation. Definitely. Those are fascinating. I, I look forward to researching a few of those myself. Um, and what kind of tips would you give to someone um, in the arts or starting out, like three tips and tricks? Three tips and tricks, huh? <laughs> Let's see. Um, never take no for an answer. I think that's a big one. Um, if you believe in it, just continue doing it. Um, the audience will find you, you'll find the audience. It'll happen. Um, if you get defeated, you know, with a simple no, it's, it's, yeah, it's just something that you need to grow thick skin against. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, 
because when that door opens um, throughout that process of the nose, you'll be ready. Um, another one, huh? I would say explore mediums, right? I think people get bogged down and, and stuck in like, I'm going to do this. It's like, well, maybe that's not the medium for you. Maybe you're meant to be, you know, experimental uh, filmmaker, right? Like, and that, and not saying that you're going to create, you know, can it, can, or not can it, uh, Sundance Film Festival's prize award winning things, but maybe it is experiment, experimenting with multiple different mediums and you find the love of that one thing. And it's like, you know, this is my thing now. Um, instead of like, being dead set on a painter or I'm a sculptor. It's like, maybe that's not the medium for you. Explore things. You're early. We're all early. We're all early. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and thank you for that. And where, where can people find your work? Find yeah, you? I, yeah. I know mostly. you're private, but yeah, yeah. where can people find your work? <laughs> mostly on Instagram. Um, and then you can also see uh, my work if you're in London, uh, reach out to Carrie Scott. Um, she has a lot of my work as well, but mostly on Instagram. Um, so it's like underscore Berto underscore Herrera underscore, but that's predominantly where I post. Um, I don't have a website. <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter, but I'm usually uh, talking shit on Twitter. Um, <laughs> Is that, and you're getting inspiration on Twitter as well with the words that you use <laughs> that you get for your <laughs> for your artwork too. No, it's it's literally just me talking shit um, or <laughs> just whatever comes to mind. Um, I'll just say, but yeah, um, if for visual work, it's predominantly Instagram on Instagram. And then lastly, just to close this episode out, I know you've got another meeting soon. You're a busy busy man. Um, what would be your lasting words of wisdom? Lasting words of wisdom. You can make it in this art world with few people. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Berto. Thank you for your words of wisdom and your insight and your stories as well. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here as a guest on High Pay. I've been meaning to have you here for a while. So it's been wonderful to have connected with Carrie and uh, and you. <laughs> so thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Listen to me ramble on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll catch up soon in person, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll be up there soon. Lovely. Well, thank you, high pay listeners. Thanks for listening in on this episode. Make sure to share this episode far and wide. Follow us on Instagram on high pay voices and we'll see you next Thursday with another exciting guest. Thank you so much. Bye for now.